Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios in the great state of New Hampshire and the Gurkha Cigar Studios in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Kevin Acuff. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my good friend, Mr. Kevin Acuff from fabulous Las Vegas. Kevin, how are you? Matthew, greetings from Las Vegas. How are things on the East Coast, my friend? Getting warm. Getting warm, um, to be honest with you. It, it's been um, like mid to mid to high, I think, yesterday. I think we touched high 50s today and yesterday. Um, well, that is warm for you. I mean, yeah. We're only about 10 degrees, 10 degrees warmer here in the high desert. That's like your, uh, that's like your, your winter. Because I remember it being there in January, and January is, um, I mean, at night it gets cold, but even during the day, it's like, what, 55, 65? It's like a good range for like the average yeah, but daytime? Like in, yeah, I mean, in January, I mean, it gets into the 40s, like, it can get down into the 30s to 40s, you know, it's basically, it's like, you know, the frozen tundra in Siberia, you know, it's almost too cold for life to exist. It's funny because a lot of people, like, I don't know, I feel like <laughs> a lot of people think, like, because of the summers there that it's like, oh, it's Vegas. Like, it's just hot all the time. And it's like, no, it, it does get cold there. It, it gets very hot, but it does get cold. It um, snows. I mean, we've had we've actually had snow this year. And Crazy. If you, and if you understand the science of how a desert works, it actually makes sense. Um, that is it, just as hot as it gets, it does get equally as cold. So... Um, well, and we're in the high desert too, so we're you know almost three thousand feet in elevation, so that makes a big difference. You know, it does a huge difference between here and you know, I mean, I was just down in Phoenix last week, and you know it's ten degrees warmer down there, and it yeah, consistently stays, but it's lower elevation, and you know it's more desert than here. Right, right, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's an interesting. It's an interesting um, area, you know, weather-wise. Um, but anyway, we have uh, we have a guest with us tonight, and uh, he needs no introduction. Um, he's he's done that plenty of times himself. Uh, fresh off of a uh, another marvelous pro cigar festival in the Dominican Republic, which he capped off with his signature auctioning skills and then flew directly after said auction to um west palm beach is that where it is uh for, yes, the, for the great smoke and uh and hosted that show so without he's further ado he's a stud he's a fucking stud and he's here fucking with us stud. he's here with us tonight <laughs> michael herklotz look at him so handsome what's up fellas <laughs> how are what you what is going on michael I'm doing great, man. Everything is great. It's nice to be back home and, uh, you know, catching up on life in New Jersey. man. How does it feel to be back in the cold? Well, I'm like, uh, I'm like you. It was like 60 degrees today. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. You're not too far from me. Right, you're, nice. you're in, are you in Jersey or New York? Jersey. Yeah, you're in Jersey. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. And you're a little bit more south than us, so... Just a little bit closer. Yeah, it was nice. A beautiful day. So it's, like rain, it's, but it's, all right. it's like it's evenings in the DR. 
Yeah, I actually beautiful in the DR too. It was uh, the night before, the day I got there. It was like high eighties, early uh, low nineties, and Oof. then it it rained that night and it dropped to like seventies. It was it was just beautiful. Mm. It was a perfect. Uh, it was a perfect trip. I was gonna say, yeah, Lots that is that is nice for the DR, especially when you get a little bit of the heat off, but it's still you know warm and it's nice. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah, mid upper seventies. Blazing, awesome blazing in the fields is not a is not fun, no. um, but this was just perfect. Really, it was so nice. It was nice to be in the fields. It was nice in the factory. The sun was hot, but it wasn't like oppressive. It was terrific, and we had you know a full sold out festival once again. Um, it was great. Yeah, and then I, off to the great smoke, like you mentioned. Yeah, you you had. I, I I want to use the word marathon, but I don't know if it's right. But yeah, it was kind of like a marathon. I mean, you did the whole you did the whole festival, you know. Really, you you were involved in multiple. But then yeah. you you do the you do the gala, you do the the auctioning and all of that too, which is really awesome. Yeah, um, it was. Listen, we we broke a we broke a monster record last year. We broke a record with four hundred forty thousand dollars raised. I really, oh, wow. um, I did wow. not. I was skeptical whether we were going to be able to top that this year, but you know, when you, when you fill a room full of grateful people who have had that kind of experience in the country for five days, and then you tell them that all we need from you is a little generosity and you will get the most incredible gifts as a consequence of that generosity through the auction. You know, we did it again, and we raised over five hundred and thirty thousand. First time we broke a half a million dollars. It was awesome. The president was there. Awesome. Um, yeah, I heard you called the president bro. A bird well, told me that. That's kind of funny. So <laughs> we were, and, and you very, didn't know who he was. <laughs> well, also funny. We were in a very tight window, and, and the auction went a little late because the president came and um you know there were a few other things that just kind of like got things delayed and i was really feeling pressure so i was taking a little longer with the lots and so anyway uh the auction went a little later and i had we were, i was flying that night and so it was just getting tight and so i said you know what i gotta get out of here i can't say hello i can't stop for pictures like i just have to go and get out of here and so we were, we were racing out of the place. The car was waiting outside. And, you know, I mean, it's like, it's such an, it's, it's so, um, the energy is so high after that auction. So like people are jumping over and jumping on top of me and giving me hugs and like, you know, snapping pictures. And it was so great, you know? And, uh, and so I was everyone like, you know, it was the, my, my kids call it the, 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 the dad slap. You do the, the, the bro five with the double back slap and you know, that's how you say hi to people. So that's what I was doing, like running out of this event and just almost at the door, somebody pulled my arm, my, my shoulder. And so I kind of spun around and it was like, you know, it was a very formal event. So it was like another Dominican guy in a suit and he was like, Hey, really nice job. And so I fived them and I, did the double back slap and I was like, Hey, thanks bro. See you next year. 
and like kind of like punched him in the shoulder and, <laughs> and ran out the door. <laughs> and we jumped in the car, and I was traveling with the one and only Will Cooper. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we jump in the car, and he's hysterical. And I was like, who's that guy? And he was like, that was the fucking president. You just, you just fived and you called him bro. I was like, well, you know, that's a story for him to remember too, I guess then. What am I going to do? Michael's like, yeah, we're, Michael's like, yeah, we're good like that. You know, we go way back. Wow. I'm so embarrassed. Like I was so prepared to like say something meaningful to this guy. Terrible. Coop doesn't have have much to stand on though, because I mean the face that he made when he shook his hand. I mean, it looked like a teenage boy seeing his first booby. It really did. <laughs> I mean, Dude, he sent me that video, that and I was like, awesome. "This is being I, saved forever." Oh, I, I was crying a little mess. Yep. Yeah, I can't. I mean, you can't quit watching it. But it was a. It was so good, man. Um, it was just so good. It was so good. And then to, you know, I mean, it it was not a night of restful sleep, obviously. Um, but, you know, I probably slept a hard four hours and then jumped up, got in an Uber, went to the fairgrounds. I walked in by 930. And when you walk in that hall when it's empty, it's so massive. And you see all the tables and all the vendors set up and you know what's coming. And it's like, you just can't believe what is about to happen, you know, at the Great Smoke. And then sure as hell at noon, those VIP doors open. And it's I just posted a video today. You just see like all these grown adults speed walking because no one runs because they're civilized. But if you've ever seen those like speed walking contests, it's a bunch of adults like speed walking, not to look so excited, but to get like ace tables front of stage and then after an hour then the gen pop comes in and i mean bro we had it was easily um guests with their with a couple companions was over 2000 then you add the vendors the crew the staff it was probably 2300 something like that 2400 in the room then you add the virtual on top of that and it was uh it was was just it was just awesome man it was awesome we had great interviews um they're gonna repost it because i know the feed was a little glitchy so they're gonna repost the whole thing from the hard drive but i would encourage anyone who didn't get to follow along live or even if you did watch it again and see what you missed because it was just incredible yeah i was really sad to miss it this year you know i had a uh, a work thing that popped up about six weeks ago that took precedence over over being able to go to florida so that was a tough phone call to have to make to tell abe that i wasn't going to be there but make sure you go back and watch it yeah we're definitely but gonna anyway, have to hey, watch and see. it's nice to be with you guys cheers you as well cheers 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 it's a red wine kind of night we all went red um which is always, you know, it's it's my fear. I don't drink a lot of white, to be honest. I I enjoy white, but I don't drink a lot of white. If I I mostly drink reds. That's it's my. I drink whatever's close and open. <laughs> yeah, that's a good <laughs> one to have too. Well, let's talk about what we're smoking tonight, and then we'll kind of get into the rest of it. Um, our cigars are once again brought to you by the number two guyscigars.com. That's right, the number two guyscigars.com. 
You can find all of the Ferio Tego cigars, including the heritage brands of Timeless and Metropolitan, at the number two guyscigars.com. Um, I wanted to start with Michael because obviously he's our guest, but I think are you guys smoking the same cigar? I can't remember. No. Nope. No. Michael, what are you smoking? I am smoking a 2022 uh, Ferio Tego Hinoroso. Mm, great cigar. Yummy, yummy. Great cigar. One of the best cigars you've ever made. Thank you. Have you had the 23? No, not the 23. I had the first two, you need, to, you need to get the 23. Mm, okay. 23 is a little closer to 21. A little more aggressive, a little more spice, a little more oomph. The 22, I, I pulled back a little on. Uh, and I don't regret it, but 23, I went back closer to the original style. And so 23 for me with wine is a little aggressive. The, the, the 22 is a, is an easier match. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. If I had some, I would have smoked, but I, 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 you know, it's funny. I, I thought I had a whole handful of, um, Sumas and some other Ferro Tacos and I could not find them. And I'm like, I know I had them, but I'll talk about what I'm smoking in a second. Kevin, what do you got? Well, I know you sent a bunch to Mitchell, so that's probably where they went. Maybe, but I thought I still had some after that. But anyway. So I am smoking the Suma. Yes. Which, you know, I had. Barb and I were. Tobacco top 25, if I recall. Most definitely. It was close to the top, yeah. It was closer closer to the top. Was it number four, number five? I I can't remember off the top of my head. I was going to say five. But it was up. It was it was up there. Yeah, it was it was high. It was high on that list. It's um, sad that I actually don't don't have that, but it was it was one of the higher rated cigars that I reviewed last year. And you know, as far as the wine pairing goes, you know, Barbara and I were were you know I've said the story before we're in Ohio and and saw that Michael was having a event, so we went and got introduced to the Pinot Noir. And Barb and I, neither one of us, were really wine people before that event and the pinot and this cigar goes so well together we literally instantly became wine people overnight i love it i love it by the way you know i do events all over the the country right um and i love doing events in new places and meeting new people but to have that element of surprise when someone walks in in a place that you don't expect to see them it is, it's such an exciting moment. And when you guys walked in, it was just, uh, it made my night. It was so, it was so terrific. Oh, it was so awesome. He just looks at me. He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? <laughs> That's the way it goes sometimes, you know, <laughs> but it was great. Yeah. The element of surprise was, was awesome. And I mean, you made us feel you know, equally as welcome and the comfort factor becomes so good at that point. That was great. I remember and that. Matthew, night too. What, what little gem of history are you smoking there? Ha 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 ha! I'm so glad you asked. You might recognize the recognize this from days when your uh, hair was a little longer and uh, you wore nicer suits. Um, this is. I'm just kidding. Um, this is a Nat Sherman Timeless, um, with the old style band on it. Now, that, is there a red bottom to it, or is it just yes. the, the yellow? It's, it's, is, the it, red, a, is the red connected? Uh, yeah, it's all one band. Second, no, it's, it's all, all one, one band. band. Yep. 
But it says the words Nat Sherman or it says timeless? Or it, it, says, says timeless. it says Nat Sherman. Yeah, so that is, um, if it's connected, the red is connected to the main band, then that yep. is 20, like 15, 16 production. Damn. So that's got, that's got almost 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it tastes like it too. This is really, you know, I've, I've had this cigar sitting, I have a, I have a smaller box humidor that I reserve for cigars that are no longer in production, especially from companies that are no longer around. It's like my my very special stash of like you cannot replace this. If it's destroyed, that it's gone. So yeah. um I was looking for my Ferriotego stuff, like the Ferriotego like actual cigar like the lines. And I couldn't find. I was like, it's driving me nuts. I couldn't find them. I could have sworn I had a, a a handful of of a whole assortment. And I said, I'm going to have to go with, with some other stuff. And I grabbed some Timeless. I grabbed the you know Timeless Supreme, a newer one. And then I said, you know something? Mike's coming on. And I wanted to smoke something special. So I, I know that this is from the previous time. But it's still... It's still my work, man. It's still your work. And yeah. it's, it's a very special cigar. And I said, tonight's the night. I'm smoking it tonight. And it's, you know, what I, what I love about the fact that, that you're smoking something old is... It also kind of um, plays into the wine conversation, you know. Cigars, even though they're non-vintage, so obviously the intention is to keep them the same. There is a capacity for favorable development over time, and it obviously depends on what the cigar is to determine whether it has the capacity to to change favorably. But this blend, that blend, excuse me is uh such a rich um even though it's elegant it's rich it's got body um and so that body and complexity really is what allows it to continue to develop nuance while still preserving structure over almost 10 years I mean, 10 years are it's a serious amount of time especially for a cigar yeah yeah that's it's great it's I, I had I thought I had two of them I had this one and then I think I might have had a torpedo or a bellicoso I want to say I might have smoked it I don't remember seeing it I have to look again but I I had like two of them and I got them it's funny I actually got them from Kurt Kendall um, I bought them at Twins uh, years ago and um, I remember I got down to like the last few and I said I'm gonna put these away. And it's just been sitting in there for like the last couple of years. And like I said, tonight I saw it and I said, you know what? Tonight's the night. We're going to smoke this. I'm going to smoke it with you. You and, know, I'm uh, a big fan. You have to smoke your special stuff. You know, this, uh, if, if you have no intention of smoking it and it's purely meant to have as a collection that you want to look at, that's one thing. I have some of those cigars too that I, I just want to look at. I will never smoke them because they mean more to me owning them than they do smoking them but i believe you know just like wine or booze you know we, we make them to enjoy them and especially when you invest the time that you have into making it a unique experience there's no way to appreciate how unique it is unless you just cut it light it fire it up and and just see and you know we we save things for special occasions but i'm so glad you made 
tonight the special occasion. You know, that's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, you always, uh, you know, you don't need a, you don't need a, a truly unique night. Sometimes it's just sometimes the night just has to be with the right people and uh, the right setting, and and you make it a special moment. So that's what it that's is it. tonight. I love it. What a what a perfect opportunity to dig that one out too. You know, I have the collection kind of like you. It's you know the out of production stuff or the out of business you know cigars, and it's just you look in there and there's one or two, and it's just man, I know it's good, but it's like it's the last one. I don't know if I'm ever going to get another one. You know, do I want to smoke, smoke it? Them, damn it. I'm get I'm getting there. I'm getting a lot better about that to where I just, you know, kill the unicorn, enjoy the experience so that way I can join the ranks of the the few people that actually got to smoke and enjoy one of those. So Yeah. I'm learning. I've had a lot of special occasions and I've still got a human uh, a humidor full of stuff, which means I'm not <laughs> smoking them on the special occasions like I intend like I like I intended. So enough's yeah. enough. Cut them, light them, burn them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, Kevin. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, we are, as once again, we are cutting and lighting our cigars with our favorite. That's right, our favorite accessories. I think this one just ran out of gas. Um, I forgot to check it before the show. That's on me. But uh, we are using SD Dupont. That's right, featuring the Biggie lighter, the flat flame lighter. That's kind of running out of fuel there. I know. I apologize, but. Um, Badass stuff. I mean, it, it's quality. You get what you pay for. It'll last you a lifetime. The flat flames. Look, if you've been watching the show every week, you'll know how we feel about it. It's the closest thing to a soft flame you can get out of a torch. It lights really well. Always lights on the first click. As well as their cutters. I mean, their cutters are some of the fastest, uh, sharpest cutters I've ever used. Um, never any fuck-ups with them. They always cut clean right through. I mean, as long as you know how to use one should say but you know they do cut clean and they cut great they're super sharp um, i've had a lot of great cutters in my time you know that were either inexpensive expensive you know high end low end that some of them were great some of them were fantastic um but this uh th this one this one truly hits it the best for me i mean it, it, it cuts perfect every time so don't forget to check out st dupont accessories shake up the legacy um yeah, let's uh, let's get more into uh, oh, the comments are really taking off here. Um, let's get more into uh, into the wine now. I don't know if we talked about what we're drinking, um, Mike. I'll let you go first again, uh, and then Kevin, and then I will I will round us out at the end. I'm drinking a 2019 uh, Bordeaux blend. So typical Bordeaux blend is uh, Cabernet plus. Plus, plus, there's lots of different grapes that can go along with Cab. Um, but you see red blends in California and other, and other places. But Bordeaux blend, like Super Tuscans, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a balanced, uh, fruit-forward, but still kind of old-world tempered alcohol. Delish. And uh, Kevin, what do you got over there in the middle? So I have... <clears throat> a 2022 Pinot uh, Porta Reserve from Chile. Oh, nice. And I know when, when we smoked Sumas with Michael in Ohio, we had a, there was a Pinot from Chile, and I believe there was another from Argentina. And we actually do taste a difference in the Central American Pinots versus the California Pinots. It's, it's a distinct difference. You bet. Oh, 100%. I mean... 
Just like just like uh, Corojo from Honduras or Corojo from Ecuador. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can you can you can detect that there are similarities, but then clearly they are very different. It's all about Great. the soil, isn't that what they always say? It's always about the, it's all about the soil. It's about the soil. It's about the sunlight. It's about the rain. It's about the grower. You know, all those things. It almost sounds like we're talking about tobacco. It does. It's the same thing, man. (laughs) It is. It's so funny. Uh, I'm drinking a a, a 2021 uh, Camus cab from Napa Valley. Uh, This is a pretty pretty popular one. I think you guys probably both know that one. Mike, I know you know that one. Yep, that's a good one. You said that's Um, that's 2021? Yeah. That's the latest... That's the latest release vintage. Yeah, I, I, it's a bottle that I actually I just picked up from Nicole, and um, it was open, and she said, "Oh, drink that one," and I said, "All right." So I grabbed this, and uh, it's it's look if if you know Camus, I mean you know it's 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 delicious. It's it's very smooth. Um, this one's also been open for a few days, so it's definitely had a chance to breathe and decant a little bit. Um, it, it's just, I mean. I'm telling you, it's like it's like drinking just grape juice. I mean, you you can get fucked up pretty easy on this. It's it's good. <laughs> it's good. It goes down. It's so. got to be north of fourteen percent, right? Uh, fourteen and a half. It don't taste like it, but I but I feel like you're right. Is it? It's got to be less. Uh, fourteen point six. Fourteen point six. It, it it look it's a it's a delicious wine. Uh, I don't. It think is I, a delicious wine. I don't think I've run into anyone who hasn't liked it. Um, I, you know, I, I've had a lot of wines myself. I don't consider myself a wine connoisseur or a sommelier, obviously. Um, I've never had any formal education or training in wine, but I've, I've drank enough wine over the years. And, uh, I know a lot of people who enjoy wine, like, Car- like Carney, you know, Carney's another, he's a close friend of mine. He's really into wine. You know, I've, I've, I've picked up some stuff from him. My grandfather was also a, a huge wine, a wine drinker. And, uh, he a lot to, of people don't think about wine as a cigar accompaniment. Obviously you think of wine and food or you think of just having a glass of wine, but it's so easy to to just defer to spirits when you're having a cigar because it's so conventional. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not, I love spirits and I love cocktails, but for me, wine has an ability to create more dialogue and have a better pairing experience versus um versus my friend carl pieces wine which we call kentucky wine otherwise known as <laughs> bourbon. but i love i love bourbon and i love rum and i love spirits but the higher the alcohol the more uh fero- ferocity it has and the less ability it has to create dialogue so if you take a puff of a cigar, and then you take a sip of bourbon, you are more than likely, particularly if it's neat, you are replacing the flavor of the cigar with the bourbon. Now you can Mm -hmm. layer the flavor of the cigar above the bourbon, once again, but then a sip will generally dominate the palate. With wine, just like you do with food, each bite and each sip is creating layers where some of the residual flavor of the first remains. And I really like that kind of sense of stacking flavors and and creating more complexity. 
Um, and Carney and I have had a lot of wine together and smoked a lot of cigars together. Pete Johnson also, Dion. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, th there's a certain time and place for, for doing wine and cigars, you know? And so I'm really glad that we decided to do it tonight. Yeah, me too. It, it look, it's something that we, we've talked, I mean, you and I, when we've been together, I've talked about it and, um, it's always like, yeah, man, let's do it. Let's set it up. And you know, and I'm like, no, we're, we're going to do this. And I, I remember reaching out and I was like, Hey, we're going to do a wine show. I want you to come on. We're going to talk about wine. We'll talk about some cigars, obviously, but I want to talk about wine because, you know, we, we've been trying to do some different shows this year. We, we did a whole show on rum. We've, we've done bourbon episodes and I'm like, we, we got to do a wine. And I, and I wanted to bring in someone, you know, who, who really knows wine really well. Um, and you know, there's a lot of people I could have asked, but I've also a lot of those same people have told me that they've done wine tastings with you, and they're like, you, you, you know, Mike's one of the best. So I said, you know what, Mike's gonna be the guy, and uh, and here we are, and I'm and I'm glad we're here. So I grabbed a great cigar, I got a good wine. We're here, we're doing it. I'm very excited to be here. Um, you know, and, and there and are I, there are so many parallels between wine. There are also. Um, I take so much inspiration from wine with Ferriotego. I mean, the the best example of that is is Elegancia and Generoso. Right. It's it's it is entirely inspired by wine. The idea that a winemaker can make both a red and a white, and even though they are profoundly and obviously different from one another, um, they share a common signature or a common style there's something that is that is the unique expression of the winemaker that that comes out regardless of red or white cabernet pinot noir or sauvignon blanc chardonnay you know and that's what that is exactly what elegancia and generoso are elegancia was intended to be my white to be more buttery and round and creamy but to still have a very present and full body as many chardonnays do um and then at the same time create a red or the generoso that is more dominant and more present and more um more popular right um like most people like you said you drink a lot more reds than white um I think people tend to smoke cigars, at least today, that skew a little earthier, that skew a little richer, more Nicaraguan influence. And, um, but what I love is when you have, when I have a glass of white that makes me say, oh man, I need to drink more white wine. That's what Elegancia is for a shade wrap cigar. Okay. I want it to remind you that shade wrap cigars do not have to be light in body. They don't have to lack complexity. Um, they can be as present and big and mouth-fillingly full as a Nicaraguan Puro, just have a completely different spectrum of flavor. And so to me, that's what Elegancia is. And Generoso obviously skews more new world and forward and and rich and darker style flavors but then we only make them once a year just like wine 
Now, the difference, of course, is wine is a vintage, which means everything in the bottle is the expression of whatever God gave them that year in the vineyard. That's not the case with our cigars. However, unlike core blends like Suma or Timeless Prestige, where every production we make to replicate the very last production to make sure that every year or every production is identical in experience, with Elegancia Generoso specifically, we're not ta- I, I'm not tasting the last production to keep it the same. And a winemaker doesn't either. Uh, in fact, I asked a couple winemaker buddies, when they're making the next vintage, are they tasting it against prior vintages? And they said no, because every year is the expression of Chardonnay, for example, or the expression of Cabernet, And they're just making the best Chardonnay or Cabernet they can make using the same fruit from the same place. So by taking that same approach, it's almost like um, I'm going into the studio and I'm re-recording the same song with a different band. And we're trying to stay as close as we can to the original, but we are going to do another take. Whereas with Core, we're, we're trying to to replicate, to almost reissue the album again without any noticeable change whatsoever. And that's really, that's a significant difference. So in the wine world, the equivalent would be non-vintage wine, which is generally less popular and typically lower price and lower quality, although not always. But a better example would be champagne, where there are vintage champagnes But by and large, what we drink in the champagne world is non-vintage. And so they are constantly producing champagne using different vintages um, to create exactly the same style, regardless of the fluctuations in vintage. Um, That is much more like core premium cigars like Suma or or, um, Timeless, for example. Yeah, in fact, Mitchell asked a question here. Ask Herklotz, hashtag Ask Herklotz, do vineyards age wine as long as spirits? Are vintages aged in the bottle at the winery and held onto until release date or aged outside of the bottle that entire time until release? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, wait, yes. Sure. (laughs) Yes. So first things first, it depends on where where the vineyard is located and what wine we're talking about. So for example, let's use Napa Valley Cabernet. Um, As a general rule, they follow Bordeaux's model, which is three years of aging before it's released, which is why you're drinking the 2021 Camus, even though it's 2024. Um, And that's typical for Places in Italy, I'm trying to remember if Chianti follows that or not, but I believe Bordeaux follows that same rule, so three years. Now, depending on where it's from, you have different rules of how long in barrel and how long in bottle, and you can age both ways with wine. You can age in barrel and you can age in bottle, and depending on the uh, the origin, there are different laws that that dictate aging and releasing. And, I, and most of those are specifically laws associated with reds. Um, you know, you would not generally drink, you wouldn't release a three-year-old rosé from Provence 
as a general rule, or you wouldn't release a three-year-old Pinot Grigio from Italy as a general rule, because those wines are intended to drink in a new vintage because they're light and they're crisp and they're clean and they're ready to go. But for some of the other bigger, bolder reds, there are governing rules that, that tell you what to do. On the bourbon side, or on the spirit side, um, there are also aging, obviously, barrel aging, um, and different aging um, techniques will yield you different results. So you can age in uh, oak, you can, you can do solera aging, you can do all these different agings. Um, but as I understand it, and I'm not an expert, once it is bottled, there is very little change in development to a spirit, a distilled spirit, the way there is with wine. Wine does change in a bottle, much like cigars change um, in, a, in a humidor over time. Whereas spirits, you can open, you can open a bottle of, of Jack Daniels that's 10 years old and open a bottle of Jack Daniels that's one year old. And assuming the formula is the same, uh, they should be precisely the same. Yeah, that's okay, a, that, that's that pretty interesting. a lot. Yeah, it does. I was gonna say I, I've I've never really thought about it to be honest. Um, I've always just drank shit and, and just kind of like yeah, but uh, but it's a very interesting um, thought process and and point that you made there, Michael. And I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, with spirits, I mean, you're talking higher alcohol content. It's a different kind of you know recipe versus you know wine with the grapes. It's I I can I could. I guess I can kind of follow along and understand, um, but it, it it it's true though. As much as I haven't really thought about it, it's true. Like wine, wine does change in the bottle, mm-hmm. um, and, and and it's funny. And you know, it's, it's very emotional too, like a cigar. You know, a spirit, you can put it in the freezer, leave it in your car, you know, throw it in a basement, bury it in your backyard. It's good. You know, I mean, it's a pretty stable. It's, it's pretty true. Stable spirit. Yeah. Whereas with wine, if that bottle gets hot that wine is done. Um, if, if the, the cork dries out such that it, it restricts and oxygen gets in, that wine is done. So, or even if, even if the wine is perfectly sound, but the cork itself, uh, happens to be diseased, the wine is toast. So wine is so much more emotional like cigars where, you know, if you expose it to high humidity, low humidity, high humidity, low humidity, or you expose it to a, a, a certain amount of high temperature or low temperature, that, um, that fluctuation will result in a different experience when you light that cigar. And you can even, you can test it. You can take a cigar and age it at 70% and then take another cigar and stick it in your refrigerator with some humidity and see the difference in two years. As a general rule, both wine and cigars change faster the warmer they are. And they change slower the colder they are. So if you really like the way a cigar is smoking, uh, of course, you still need the appropriate levels of humidity. But if you keep that cigar colder, you will, you will experience less change over the same period of time which is why most of the aging rooms for those factories that use aging, aging rooms are, are storing in the aging room at a much cooler temperature than the conventional 65 right. to 70 degrees that we use at home. 
and that colder temperature preserves the original experience of the blend for a longer period of time in the aging room. So when they get banded and boxed and shipped, they're as close to the last as possible. Hmm. Wow. I actually did not know that. And I feel like that's something I actually should have known about cigars. So definitely thank you for sharing, Michael. That's why, that's why we, that's why we brought him here. You know, I mean, he's, he's got, uh, he's got quite the knowledge, including, uh, apparently less man from DuPont is here or Coles of London, I should say, but, um, but both a uh, less man is here and says Michael's knowledge and sorry, I don't know why this got covered by my thing. Um, Michael's knowledge and collection of vintage ST DuPont lighters is as impressive as his knowledge slash collection of vintage wine. So I didn't I know actually think my collection of DuPont is probably more impressive than my collection of wine at this point. Do you have that many wow. pieces? Oh yeah, bro. <laughs> Wow. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that about you. It was, let me tell you, when I when I was 19, so I started enjoying cigars when I was 18 in Boston. And I got my first job at 19. And uh, after my first year, my boss said, um, I can take an accessory or I can take cash. This was at Gloucester and, Street Cigars, right? No, before that. It was at the Humidor, which was a kiosk in the Prudential Center Mall. Ah, okay. But I, I had sold a lot. I mean, we really, we, I, he was, he was proud of the job I did. He said, you can pick, you have a thousand dollars or $800, something like that, which was a ton of money in 1999. And, uh, so do you want the cash or do you want an accessory? And I was so broke, but I knew I wanted a DuPont. And so I said, I'll take the accessory and I got a, a DuPont line to, black and gold cigar band lighter and that was it i mean i i don't know i've probably got 30 line twos wow wow do you wow. still like do you still like collect do you collect vintage ones do you grab new ones that are limited that come out like what, i've just what's... been around so long that they're they're fucking vintage now <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem when you've been around 25 years well, that's well, like true, but... this one, that's the that's blue and gold. That's a nice one. Yeah, tough to see, but With the Chinese lacquer. Yeah, it's just, yeah. just beautiful. That's gorgeous. So beautiful. Wow. I mean, with Dupont stuff, I mean, I can totally see where he's coming from because once you have one, then you want another one, and then you want another one, and then you want another one. It's funny. My my buddy just commented, "Is that the one you lost?" Yes, it's the only lighter I've ever lost. Only DuPont I've ever lost. And you found it. That, no, not that one. Oh. He's asking. I think he's talking about the um, the the one I got in college, which was the black and gold cigar band line two. That one I lost at Penn Station. Ah, uh, no. Yeah. True that's, story. That's that's too bad. But these things happen. Yeah. Mitchell's on fire tonight. He's 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 got a lot going on here. Ask he her is clots. on fire. Hashtag ask her clots. Are people snobby about single grape varietals versus blends in the wine world, like they are with single malt scotch versus blended scotch? There's an equal level of snobbery. It's just about different things. So interesting. Um, you know, you have single varietal. You have single vintage. You have single. Uh, all, all kinds of single things. But wine in and of itself is single vintage, 
right? Um, if you're looking at the spirit side, when you're talking about um, single malt, for example, versus blended, blended whiskey has this kind of negative, more pedestrian connotation that it's somehow less connoisseur or less respectable than, um, than single malt. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it is fair to do any level of, of blanket assessment of anything unless you taste it. So are there single malts that are better than some blends? Certainly. But if you love blended whiskeys, and if you think about what a blend really means, you're talking about more flavor, more color, more ingredients, right? Like, do you want just a cooked steak or do you want the cooked steak with salt and pepper? Because if you want to be a purist, then you're going to criticize the merit of just meat. Uh, you know, there, there, there is some benefit to adding. Uh, and so I think there are, in the wine world especially, some of the greatest, most respected wines in the world must be blends in order to uh, to be considered eligible for what they are, right? Bordeaux must be a blend to be considered Bordeaux. Uh, uh, Super Tuscans, the same thing. They are a blend. Rhone, typical Rhone blends are a set relationship of uh, Grenache, Syrah, you know, these, these specific grapes that must be included to be considered. So um, the, the notion of blend is not poo-pooed in the way that blended whiskey, for example, is. Um, but there are plenty of things that people get, you know, uh, hoity-toity about. Um, but generally, I find that that level of criticism prior to experience um, is actually evidence of lack of experience and somebody learning something and repeating it rather than, ha rather than having the confidence to taste it and defend why it's better. Do you experience that in, in this, in wine, cigars, whiskey, everything, where people... You know they talk they they talk the talk but have absolutely zero experience to back it up. They just well so and so said this so it's got to be true. I totally well, understand where you're coming from in that point. Of course, you know people listen. We experienced it with Ferriotego prior to launch. There was a there was there was judgment about Elegancia and Generoso. Be only on the press release before it even came to market. And Matt and I had this very specific conversation now almost three years ago, 27, 29 months ago, mm -hmm. uh, where people were criticizing the project, suggesting it wasn't worth it, but having never experienced it. That, that to me is a very unfortunate way to approach a hobby. You know, we, we need to approach hobbies with an open mind and a, and a real desire to experience and to see if there's something new there. And then you can ask yourself if it's worth it. Um, but, you, you know, we were certainly up against that 
as a as a new cigar brand and you know i'm i feel very fortunate to point out that i think we're over that hump i think people have found that our cigars are doing what we said they would do and certainly when you look at the the value proposition of the products we make and you look at the way they perform and you look at their their the experience of them and then you look at cigars two or three or four or five or eight times the price Ferry Otego over delivers on experience mm-hmm. to value over many of those cigars. That's not to say that we're inexpensive, especially on Ferry Otego specifically, Elegancia Generoso and Suma. $23 is not inexpensive. Uh, 17 to 22 is not inexpensive for Suma. However, I would put any of those three blends and the experience from per purchasing, opening the box, cutting, lighting, and tasting. I would put any of those three experiences up against any cigar at two, three, four, five, or six times the price. And I would ask to be judged not just on a blind experience, but when you go non-blind, I think we over-deliver. And that's really ultimately where these biases come into play. The only time someone criticizes a blended whiskey over a single malt is if they know going into it because they think that that's, they think they're flexing in the right direction. No different than with a cigar. If I hand you a cigar with nothing on it, you're grateful for the gesture and you'll cut it, light it and smoke it. But it only means to you what the experience of cutting, lighting and smoking it is. But there's so much more to it with the band on because you understand the pedigree, you understand the brand, you understand the value. You know, the the minute it has um, a band that you recognize that you value or treasure, it holds a different value and no different than blended blended whiskey versus single malt as Metro Red recommended. Yeah, um, it's true. You, you well, no, Michael, about- you and I had, oh, so I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. No, I was just gonna add one small little thing, Kevin. You can say everything you want to say. I was, I like how you brought up, you know, look, you brought up the pricing thing, which, to me, I, I feel like is it still bothering? <laughs> still bring it up all these years later. No, no, not, uh, it doesn't bother me at all because I think it's it's the it's a great example of yeah types of challenges that you face as a as a creator or as an artist. There's always going to be inherent bias, and you have to. That's added pressure to make sure you over deliver you know and it's and it's it's true because i would say you know your cigars perform very well um obviously you know they're in the top five um this year but you know but you're right i mean it, they've always performed pretty well the, the price point's been been pretty good with with what you get out of it and there are brands out there who are charging five times the price for cigars that are nowhere near as good um and uh, they they come and they go. Some of them are still around, but you know, it, the point is is yeah. I mean, you kind of know what you're doing. So, <laughs> well, that's kind of what I, what I was going to say. You know, Michael, when we were in Ohio, you know, you and I kind of had that same conversation where the you know the the pricing conversation came up at the release and whatnot, and you know, it was kind of a like a leap of faith by by the brand to come out with that but i mean it's definitely more than proved you know it's price point i mean 100 percent. 
I mean, I can't really say that, like, you know, I mean, a $23 cigar is not a value cigar, but the value that you get in the cigar for $23, you're literally doing yourself a disservice if you walk past it in a human or buy something else. I mean, it, it, like Michael says, I mean, you know, being on the media side of this and being a, you know, a cigar nerd, I mean, I've had the, the, you know, the fortune to be able to smoke some of those cigars that are three, four, and five times the price point of this. And they're not lying. It holds up and actually definitely outsmokes a good number of those. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a $50 experience for $23. If you look at it that way. That's certainly the way that's certainly the way we've, we've gone about trying to create it. We can't create the same experience for less money. So we're trying to make sure that we, we can deliver the best and then offer some value. Good night, Sanj. Yeah, I mean, if uh, you have a cigar that somebody can walk into a humidor and have no problem popping $23 down for, you've, you've accomplished, a, you've accomplished your mission. You know, and then we and also, that that's, that's also why we, have we have timeless, that's why we have timeless and metropolitan. You know, I recognize it's not the same band, but it's the same, it's the same artist. It's the same work. You know, we've, we've been able to compartmentalize what metropolitan means, what timeless means and what Ferriotego means. And they have different propositions, but man, they're all. They're all unique and they all over deliver. It just mm -hmm. depends on what you want. You know, it's, it's fine. We have a question here from Tom here. Is there a two buck chuck equivalent in Michael's lineup over delivers on the low price? Two buck chuck is an interesting uh, analogy. <laughs> so the early days of two buck chuck was a non vintage line. But if you look at, so I'm not sure that I necessarily have a two buck chuck Trader Joe equivalent. I do think we have uh, Kirkland value, like Costco's wines, oh, oh. which are vintage, and some of them are mm -hmm. actually quite tasty. Dude, and, um, lion. Our Metropolitan starts at seven bucks. Uh, yeah, my my buddy Not just mentioned today. the 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 Metropolitan Habano is a Nicaraguan puro. It is so flavorful and so rich. And you know it's like seven to nine dollars, seven to ten dollars. Right. Delicious. Yeah, it all punches it. It all punches a lot of cigars in its in its weight class. That's for sure. And honestly, I would even say you know if you light up, you're you're smoking an old Prestige, but the the new Prestige Timeless, or the Supreme. Those are both uh, nine to thirteen, and yeah. they're incredible. Yeah, it's it's true, and and this and we've talked a lot. Of, we we talked a lot about that during the unveiling of the list um, this year. There, there was a lot of good cigars that came in at a good price point that just really over delivered, you know. Especially like another one like McAuliffe Black, eight dollars for the Toro, seven dollars for the Robusto. But I mean, there there's cigars in in that weight class that are going for fifteen, sixteen dollars, twelve dollars, and there and it's way better. There are things that you can't necessarily achieve. For example, like we were talking earlier about Pinot Noir. Kevin was mentioning it. And it is very difficult 
to deliver a delicious um, value Pinot Noir. So uh, Rhone, for example, you can get great value, but those grapes, they grow easier. Pinot Noir is one of the most emotional grapes you can grow. And so to create a Pinot Noir sub $20, you are going to have to sacrifice something. The same with Cabernet from Napa Valley. You can have, you can find value in Cabernet, but you will be hard pressed to find Napa Valley, Valley floor Cabernet that is value, call it 12 to $20 um, in the way that you can find really delicious 12 to $20 value in Rhone or in Paso Robles in California. And I love finding value. I'm a consumer at the end of the day. I love finding those deals. But where value becomes relative is where is the value in Napa Valley, for example? You're going to find value at $60 when you compare it to a $250 bottle. The relative delta in experience is probably closer. So your value in Napa may be 60 And that kind of goes back to Ferry Otego. $20 is not a value cigar. But for what it does, it is definitely value when you compare it to its peer group of experience. Mm-hmm. Mitchell is just on fire with the questions tonight. I, I, I just, I, he must be, he, you know what it is? Mike, you're like one of his personal heroes. And unfortunately, because of scheduling issues, he is, he's not able to be on the show full time anymore. So he he made sure he came out in the comment section because I mean he he's firing away. I think he even has a fourth one ready to go down here. I'm sorry, I just I'm, I I want to make sure I ask them because I I'll, I'll feel bad if if I don't ask his questions for him because I I know it well means... they're great questions too. They are great questions, but I I know that you know like I said you're like a, a hero to him. So I, I I can't I can't leave him like hanging. You know what I mean? Um, hashtag ask her clots. I like that. I like that too. If someone I don't know why this thing keeps getting in my way and I can't read the. I see it. Someone had wine, has never had wine or is very new to it, wanted to start exploring it. It all has to offer where and how would you start that? How would you suggest them to start? Um, It's a lot like cigars. And that is this notion that there is a starting point, in my opinion, is null and void because it really depends what you've experienced to date. So let's say. Uh, you're, you're, you don't drink wine and you've never smoked a cigar. You have two starting points, but we need to find where you are at this moment. You need to ask questions like, do you drink coffee? Yes or no. How do you drink it? If you drink coffee black, that gives a very clear understanding of a capacity for flavor that you already enjoy. Um, if you drink spirits, that already gives a sense for what you like and what you don't and gives you a really good place to start. And I recommend that you start the closest to where you are in a like thing. So if you drink coffee black, I would suggest you start with old world wines that are not fruit forward, 
that are either Bordeaux or Italy or uh, old world, lower alcohol, more earth and less fruit. And I would also recommend that you start with cigars that are earthy, more Nicaragua, etc. If you um, if you're drinking Kahlua and Bailey's and uh, Cosmopolitans and vodka cranberries and you don't like whiskey, that creates a whole different capacity of flavor. If you don't like those flavors, then I would recommend you start with something white or you start with something sparkling and you enter the hobby that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think when I first started drinking wine, I'm trying to think. I think the first, it's kind of, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. I think the first time I started drinking wine, I, was start, I started off with white. I think that's where I, I mean, I had, I, 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 I had some red before. And when I was really younger, you know, especially pre-21. But um, we also started with cigars that were, that were shade wrapper. Mm -hmm. there's, this, there's a notion that you start light and you work your way up. But there so is. many, so many adults are discovering premium cigars later or discovering wine later like you, Kevin, right? So you already have, you already had a palette for cigars that was developed. You already have a mm -hmm. palette for spirits or other things that are developed. And so we have to meet you with wine where you are. And that's, that's, I think where the difference is because once we meet you where you are, well, then you can start exploring based on a point of familiarity. It's, it's when you say, I only drink peated Isla whiskeys like Laphroaig and Lagavulin, and then I start you with champagne. We couldn't be further apart. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So you have to find the, the closest place to transition. And then once you're in that hobby, then start exploring that hobby. I will say having the palette, the, the, the advanced palette for cigars made the, the entry and the exploring of the wine a lot easier than it was in the past when I had tried wines. And here's where I'll answer Mitchell's question even better. I've been in this industry 25 years on the cigar side, 20 of them in retail. And nothing made me happier or prouder as a tobacconist than to have someone come in and ask my expertise. It doesn't demonstrate that you don't know anything. It demonstrates that you're open enough to learn and that you want to learn. And so the, the better way to answer Mitchell's question is find a local store or a local wine bar that has a reputable sommelier or a reputable salesperson and tell them exactly the things that you like now and what you want to discover because they probably have something open that they will taste you on. And then mm -hmm. once you taste something and can have a dialogue, you're off to the races, but this is a profession. Whether you're in the wine world or the cigar world, of course, it's a passionate pursuit, but it's a profession. So ask the professionals, walk into a brick and mortar shop and talk to a tobacconist about cigars, talk to a wine associate about wines, walk into a restaurant and don't just order the 
the one that's in the middle of the wine list, ask the sommelier or your server for what they recommend based on what you like and just tell them the things that you like. I like coffee black and I like, I like whiskey. What wine would I like? They're going to know. They're going to make a recommendation. Mm -hmm. They're going to taste you on something. That's how you enter the hobby. Don't guess. Ask. That's a great answer. I mean, and, and, and it is. You know, the, the, peop the people that do it for a living are the ones that are going to help you the most. And if they're good at what they do, I mean, there's an occasion that you run into ones that, that just don't. But if Listen, they're good at what they do, if, don't be shy. they're going to lead you in the right direction. If you're making a living in an industry like wine or cigars or whiskey, you are passionate about what you do. Mm -hmm. Because obviously you've made a lot of crazy decisions in your life that have ended you up in these <laughs> most wild of industries. So those are the people you ask because they're the ones who have been where you've been. Well, I've always considered, you know, guys like us, like, like, you know, me, Matthew, Mitchell, you know, on the, we're, we're you know, the media side of the industry, we're not in, in the manufacturing side of the industry but we've also been, you know, we seek out the best of the best. We want to try what's the latest. We, you know, we, we, we critique, we, you know, we, we value and everything else. And I've always considered us as like, you know, and the aficionado crowd, like the true aficionados, I've always likened it like to the one percenters in the motorcycle world where basically your life revolves around the cigar, you know? So it's, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And you fill your free time with it, doing stuff like this. I mean, this is a huge, it's a huge endeavor to put on a show like this on a on a regular basis, right? And and provide really meaningful content to people when you have other things that you have to do to provide for your families. You know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's uh, it's very admirable. But that's why I'm saying that's why people watch this show, and that's why you should go to your retailers and go to your wine stores. And don't be afraid to ask what you think is a dumb question because you're already sophisticated in the things that you like. You already use discretion every day with what you eat and what you drink and what you wear. So use that information to share with somebody more knowledgeable in the specific area of expertise that they have and let them guide you. And it's and it's always good too to support your your B and M's and local stores and whatnot, especially you know the small business owners because that's just a whole nother level, you know, right there that needs to happen. Absolutely. All right, I want I want to pause, Matthew, and find out where you are in the cigar. I am. I'm I'm just about halfway. Um, and it's so far it's been on the smoother side. A little nutty. Um, I'm gonna say. So if you're just joining, he's smoking a almost ten year old Timeless Prestige. And uh, creamy cashew. I'm creamy cashew. Yeah. All right. Creamy cashew. That's the one that stands out the most. A little bit of. A little bit of cinnamon. Very subtle, not at first, now it's coming in. Very subtle on the finish. A little bit of pepper in the back of the tongue, but nothing like, nothing too much. Doesn't really take over. It's just kind of like a little tickle on the back, like, oh, hey. Just a little think of that flavor. blend, think of that blend new. 
that right. blend new has a lot of obvious nuttiness, a lot of baking spice, which plays into your cinnamon, yep. um, some pepper. And so what you're talking about is exactly what the aging process is, whether it's cigars or wine. It takes the things that are obvious and it takes the things that are um, specific and it rounds the edges out and brings them closer together. And yeah. so mm -hmm. the, the way you're describing that blend makes total sense for 10 years of age. Yeah, it, it's very clean, you know, very clean. It has a nice flavor to it. It's smooth, it's clean, it's crisp. Um, and Kevin, you're on Suma? I, I'm on Suma. And? And the, the same thing, I'm you know probably just slightly past halfway. I'm actually probably smoking a little fast because I haven't, I'm just, I'm just puffing excited. away, but excited. I mean, I mean, who doesn't love Michael Herklas, right? But, you know, just, I mean, nuttiness in here, a little bit of pepper. You know, you have the baker spices. There's a little bit of stone fruit in here. And the the what I always look for in a pairing when I pair a cigar with something is I want whatever I'm pairing it with, I want the cigar to be elevated and I want the beverage to be elevated. And in the case with this Pinot, the Pinot makes the cigar better and the cigar makes the Pinot better. So in sense, it's literally like a perfect pairing. That's you know, awesome. the, the, the cigar allows you to taste the fruit forward of the wine and awesome. the fruitiness in the wine allows you to pull out a little bit, you know, the little bit of the nuttiness and the, and the baking spices and whatnot in the cigar. And it's just, it makes for a, what, it's what size you literally a life-changing experience. I'm smoking the torpedo. Yeah. To me that, that is, torpedo has a little bit of, a little bit more of the, the fudgy um, Nicaragua influence because there is more in it than some of the thinner mm -hmm. sizes. And so that really gives this kind of in in wine the, the word is viscosity as it mm -hmm. relates to the mouthfeel, and that cigar also has viscosity, particularly in that shape in the sixty, and um, and so to me that shape with that wine has got to be great. Oh, it's outstanding, and and I will say, I mean, I'm not a big ring fan by any stretch of the imagination. And I know when we shared the cigar with you in Ohio, you know, when you had these, all you had was Gordo's and you said, you know, if I give you a Gordo, will you smoke it? I'm like, yeah, I'll smoke it. It's like, you're going to give me a cigar. I'm going to smoke it. And I got to say the 60 in this good. cigar, if you're not a big ring guy, go freaking try it. Yeah. Cause it freaking it, these guys busted their asses working on airflow and smokeability of that cigar and that thing freaking delivers like nobody's business. And I'm about halfway into the Generoso. And with this old world wine, it's super earthy. And it actually, you know, one of the things that I think is unique about Generoso is even though it's so earthy and, and more kind of old world in flavor, there is a creaminess to it. Mm -hmm. With Bordeaux especially, it has... It has a, a, a higher level of tannin, and so that can sometimes be uh, drying, which is why it's so good with food. 
you you typically drink a wine like this with steak because steak is fatty and that causes you to salivate and then you drink an older world wine and it creates the dialogue between the fat and the tannin. Uh, this cigar is the fat. And so this cigar smokes like a steak and is responding with this wine much the way a steak would. It's, it's, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. We, uh, I want to take a break really quickly to, uh, to talk about some news. Um, maybe not a break, but, you know, I just I wanted to make sure that we, uh, we touched on this. And, um, you know, a couple of interesting – I'll actually read a couple of things off the top. Um, I won't really dive too deep into them. Um, but our news is brought to you once again by McAuliffe Cigars featuring McAuliffe Black, rated 91 at SmokingTobacco.com by that guy in the middle there. McAuliffe Black, it's a blackout. Um, so it's, you know, it's almost time for PCA, Mike, as you know, um, you know how this goes. You guys all start sending out your announcements, you know, what you're bringing to the show. Um, we've got a couple of those today. Uh, we also got some non-show related, um, stories. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read a couple of headlines here. Um, uh, first of all, and I'm sure you guys both have seen some of the other announcements, but, um, there is several Club Macanudo uh, lounges opening up now that we've seen. I think there's there's New Orleans. There was where's the other one? There was another one that we just put out another story on recently too. Uh, where was that other one? Where was that other one? I think we've got three like in the last. A uh, Taipei. Um, we got there's one in or not New Orleans, but somewhere in Louisiana. There's one in Taipei, and then today we got another notice saying that they're opening one in Jakarta. Um, I don't know how many are slated to open, but it seems to me like Club Macanudo, they're, uh, really expanding worldwide here. This is, uh, pretty interesting. Um, United Cigars announced today that they will be, um, finally, um, releasing, uh, from Selected Tobacco, the Atabe Humidor, which we saw at PCA in 22, and I think it was there last year in 23. Um, that is officially going out to retailers now. Um, we got that in today. Um, another one is Two Guys Smoke Shop. Speaking of our friends at the number two guys, guys.com. Um, some of these stores aren't up on the website yet, but they, they should be soon. Um, they have announced that their New England Cigar Expo will return once again on September 27th and September 28th of this year in Wyndham, New Hampshire at Dreamers Ranch. Um, I believe they're giving away... Like thirty thousand dollars in gold. I don't know if it's gold bars, oh, wow. but that's their. Uh, they get so last year they gave away the cow, right? They gave away the whole cow, you know, all the meat, you know, all cut up, and uh, which you know was pretty cool. Uh, if it might, I don't, a freezer with it. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, I think he had the. I don't freezer know what with I would it. do with a whole cow. At this I point. know, even if you, it, that's a lot of meat. Like to even it's a lot of meat, bro. Dude, no, Michael, you like to party, right? So, you know, bar- I mean, barbecue about at Michael's house every weekend. Would have, that would have to be. If I had that much meat, I'd probably just have a couple of cookouts and just try to, like, cook a bunch of it. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. A cow, bro? I mean, that's a lot of. Dude. Come on. I know. I'd have to. I'd be like, I'm not going to eat this by myself. I'd have to have, like, a, a big cookout and be like, yo, let's get all this meat on the grill. Um, I mean, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably, I'd probably hang on to a couple of, uh, fillets and, and ribeyes for, for me, but you know, let me just say something about our friends at two guys. Yeah. Dave is one of the greatest innovators in our business. 
and he is, you know, there are lots of legacy retailers that sometimes um, they get very comfortable and they get very proud of themselves and uh, then they, they phone it in. But Dave is not one of those guys and he's always thinking outside of the box and he's always delivering back to his customers. I mean, uh, you know, we, we were, I can think of a TAA 10 years ago when I was on the board leading uh, panel discussions about how to improve the retail experience. And Dave would talk about all the things he does for his customers, not just, not sales, the things he does for his customers, his show, his events, his, it's, I just love it. So if he's given away a cow last year and gold this year, God bless him. Have you, hey, did you do I the, I mean, that is freaking cool as hell. To, did to you think ever, of this. Didn't, they, didn't they give away a car one time or something? Or well, like that? Like, oh, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, so the, the previous iteration before the New England Cigar Expo was just the two guys smoke shop anniversary dinner, which Mike, I don't know if you ever did back in the day. Um, and yeah, there was one year he gave away, he gave away a tanker full of gas. He gave away a That's Hummer H2. He gave away a like 1970, uh, I can't remember the year, but like the old Smokey and the Bandit, like the right. same, the Trans Am. Dude, yeah, he he's giving away some some good shit. Um, I don't know if he stole products, the, the the firecrackers. I mean, just all this. He's. I have, I have so much admiration for the guy. It's just great, you know. If people thought the way he thought, and pushed it, and and thought differently, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff that keeps our industry moving. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. You got to give it to Dave. You know, he's he's been around a long time. He has done a lot of interesting things over the years. I mean, I, I've been fortunate enough to, to know Dave personally for, for a while now and, and learned a lot from him firsthand. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy, look, he knows <laughs> he's not afraid to throw shit on the wall and see what sticks, right? And, uh, and he always seems to, to find something new and different and, you know, uh, it still works for him, man. I mean, all these years later, and he's still doing his thing. Uh, you, you're right, Mike. I agree. You, you got to give it to him. A lot of respect there. Um, Listen, he was one of the originals to do this. Yeah. It's true. Right? It's I mean, true. There's a lot of people putting out a lot of content online. He was one of the first to do it. Yeah. No, it's true. Um. You know, he, he's really, you know, he, he jumped on that podcast thing, you know, nice and early. It's like, yeah, we should do this. And if I remember. It, it was called a podcast, bro. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. Maybe this wasn't him. But was he, I think he was one of the ones where, like, you know, one of the first ones, very early ones, and talked about, like, we're going to do this, like, you know, cigar show, podcast thing. And people were like, what, what the hell are you talking about? That's ridiculous. And, you know, look what happened, you know? So you got to... He's done a handful of things that people thought were ridiculous and then copy. Yeah. So you got to give it to him. You know, he's 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 paving the way. He's great. I he's talked to him not that long ago. He's, he's great. Plus, he's from New England. I'm yeah. from New England. You're from New England. The best is from New England, bro. Come on. That's right. I know. That's true. I know. It's, it's so well, true. When you think about it, too, it's like everything that he does, it, it, it's, it's for the customer experience. Experiences for the people to do business with them. So, I mean, you know, as a consumer, 
how can you not appreciate that and make you want to do more business with a guy? When, right. When you are relentlessly customer first, you win. Mm-hmm. Now, customer service is everything. I um, I know that we had a couple more questions, uh, and we are getting somewhat towards the end of the show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a couple more up, and then I think I'm gonna call it quits there. Um, one question we did have was ask her clots. Are you going to come out with a book of your experiences and legendary stories as it pertains to cigars and pairings? I don't know. I got a lot of cigars to sell. I could see you coming out with a book though. I really could. I could see you. It It could be anything, honestly. And it would be a New York times bestseller. Come on. Yeah. Bro. I, my, you got so you, many you, things you, you could talk about, and you know how to. Here's yeah, the outside, thing. Hold yeah, on, here's outside the, thing. the industry. Hold, here's the thing. There's there's having stories to tell, and then there's being able to tell the stories, and you have both. So, I mean, why wouldn't you? Not everyone can tell a story. There's people out there who have stories, but they, you know, they don't know how to tell them. You, you can paint the canvas with the story. Come on. All right. It doesn't matter. The, the, you got enough. I can see the I can see the HBO docu series now. I'll work on it. Yeah, never. One, it'll never happen because of our category, and that's the problem. One man who dreamed to be a drummer turned into a tobacco man. The true story of Michael Herklotz. The sad ending of. <laughs> <laughs> what could have been? <laughs> you can do anything you want to do and be anything you want to be. And that work cigars. You could work at a donut shop. Was it a donut shop? Or... You bet it was. The yeah. Baker's Dozen, bro. Yeah. In yeah. fact, the, the last time dozen. I was on Dave's the last time I was on Dave's show, I stayed at my parents' house uh in Connecticut and I woke up crazy early. I drove to my old job. I picked up donuts and bagels from the Baker's Dozen. And then I drove the rest of the way another two and a half hours to Dave's place. And Mr. Jonathan helped me unload bagels, coffee, and donuts from the Baker's Dozen to the studio audience at uh, Cigar Authority. Oh, that's what awesome. What a great name for a, what a, great name for a donut shop. The Baker's Dozen. I, I, I like that. We always gave a Baker's Dozen when you got a dozen. Wow. Yeah, I have to try that spot. I haven't been down there yet. I have to say that I've been there. If you go to Brooklyn, Connecticut, on Route 6, that was the shop I worked at. Hmm, okay. For you New Englanders. New England. Yeah, we're a special See, people breed taking notes. People taking notes, there's going to be a quiz later. Yeah, there is. That would be good. We should do another show with some trivia. Oh yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, that would actually we'll be. Go back and awesome. watch the last three or four, get some trivia, and then do some giveaways. What do you think? I like that idea. We should do that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Can you host it like you've hosted all these other great shows? <laughs> Come on, you need to be I, the I trivia even master. Be talking. I've been screaming for like six days straight. I honestly, I almost, I, I didn't talk from the end of the auction until the great smoke. I whispered and prayed that my voice would stay for um, for Great Smoke. 
Yeah. I, I tuned in briefly. I was working that day, but uh, I did tune in briefly. And um, you sounded great. You guys all looked great. Did Abe lose weight or was that me? He was looking yeah. good. Yeah. Abe's lost a lot of weight. He's looking good. I mean, mm-hmm. wow, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while, but I remember being like, damn. Wow. No, he looks great. The event was great, man. I, I really, if you did not watch The Great Smoke, if you go to Smoke In's uh, YouTube page, it's up there. And uh, like I, I said earlier in the show, they're going to upload a redo from the from the hard drive. Because some of, for some reason, and everything was improved over prior years, some of the feed got glitchy with some of the satellite um, cameras. But yeah. the uh, hard drive file is killer. The interviews were awesome. Guy Fieri, uh, Chaz Palmateri. And we had some awesome interviews. So be on the lookout. Yeah, I definitely want to go back and watch it because it's like it sucks so bad to not be there. So it would be neat to be able to go back and watch it and relive it. Yeah, I want to go back and watch it. The whole thing is a blur. I know Coop wasn't even supposed to be there, but then at the last minute, I know I heard that uh, he he got, uh, a ride. he got a ride from from somebody he knows, and uh, he he made it. And he look, look it, it's Coop. He was just excited to spend more time in Miami. I mean, that's that's the only you know, that's all he wanted. I mean, you know, it's a good show when you actually consider getting fired to go. <laughs> so, I was close, but. I it was did, great. I did the I I did I did the responsible thing and and did the work trip as opposed to the cigar trip. Yeah. Smart. Maybe. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> I it's it's a it's it's a trip I wish I could have made, but I I couldn't I couldn't really swing it right now. Um, we got another question here from Tom. Ask her, Claude's ever. Uh, ever consider a lineup named after wine varietals? Chardonnay, Connie, Bordeaux, multi-country, non-puro, Cab Sav, Nika Ass Kicker, Sherry Flavored. I love the idea of it. Um, I have two objections to it. Hmm. And it's not, it's not a criticism to the idea because I really love the direction, but I've been around too long. Um, the first objection is it feels gimmicky to me. Oh, um, okay. It, it's because the, when you use such literal descriptions, there is a expectation of a literal experience. And so that provides an opportunity for disappointment. If I call something Chardonnay and it doesn't taste like Chardonnay, I fail and I'm going to be criticized. But more importantly, those are specific experiences that are related to specific flavors. And in a post-FDA non-flavored world, I would never want to give the illusion that our cigars are in any way enhanced, flavored, or targeted towards an audience that is not a handmade premium cigar audience. And that, that just gives me pause and makes me nervous. It, it feels a lot like vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, Chardonnay, Cabernet, and Pinot Noir. So as much as I love it, I would avoid it. But that's also why I talk so much about wine, especially with Elegancia Generoso and Suma, because 
it's it's so inspired by wine and i really try and pay homage to the wine industry with my work but it's it's too risky to call them with names like that because there's there's just way too much familiarity with those experiences that creates either an opportunity for disappointment or worse an opportunity for uh regulation and i don't want either one okay that's a fair but answer. i i do but i really yeah, do love the idea definitely true. and so inspired by that idea if you love chardonnay or sancerre or riesling go for elegancia or sterling for that matter and timeless if you like big reds go for generoso go for suma go for pan americana i like there it you go. and there you go and there you go um you know the 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 I will say the relationship to wine is like I guess I mean we've talked about it before Michael but I never really picked up on it until I, I really kind of sat and listened to what you were talking today with the Yenoroso and Elegancia where you know they're almost like an homage to how wine is done you know so where you're not really going in every time and trying to recreate the exist the you know the exact thing it, that gives me a whole new appreciation for those two blends by the way, I have to just say, I mean, I know we're cranking on time here and I want to be respectful of everyone's time, but just looking at all the comments that are popping up here, I mean, Irving, I just saw Irving in Florida, Joe, I mean, I see, obviously, Barbara, that's, she belongs to you and you belong, actually, you belong to her, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, mm. Pierre Ferrand is my buddy from New York. Uh, Carl, I've known Carl forever. He was checking in from, um, from Mr. J's who's been a supporter from the beginning from Rhode Island, yep. you know, like seeing all these names pop up, Chad, I just saw it's Sterling. I met him in, uh, in, in Biloxi. He drove like two hours to come to an event and we met in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. This has been the craziest two years of, of my career, you know, 25 years doing this. Right. And, I know I haven't written a book yet, and maybe I will, but I, I often, I think of my life and my career in chapters. And, you know, chapter one was really a, a preface more than anything, which was my time in Boston. The real chapter one was my almost 10 years with Davidoff. My chapter two was my almost 10 years with Nat Sherman. And now chapter three, we're only two and a half pages in in the two and a half years with Ferry Otego, but to to see so many familiar names of people that I've met over the last twenty five years, never mind just the last two or three years, is um, is amazing. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's watching and commenting and participating. Sanj was on earlier. I mean, I've known Sanj for 10, 12 years. Uh, I'm just so grateful for people genuinely rooting for our success. Yeah. You know, 25 years or not, we're a new brand and we're a new business and we're a new company. And two and a half years in is not a lot of time in. And there's way more ahead of us than there is behind us, despite time served. So the opportunity you guys are giving me to be on this show and talk wine and cigars and to have people chime in and ask questions. 
I'm just so grateful for it. And I wanted to make sure I said that before we ended. No, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Um, yeah, we definitely appreciate that, Michael. We love you, brother. Yeah, uh, we're, we're glad you here. guys more. I know you had I know you had a crazy uh, week, so I appreciate you still being able up to uh, doing the show tonight. It's uh, quite a week you've had. Um, I'll give you that. And, but it, but that's what you do, man. You make it look easy. Listen, there are. It's 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 an insane schedule, right? Let's face it; it's insane. Um, and I I I tell my family all the time, I love them more than anything. There is nowhere I would rather be than home. But if you see a picture of me out, you're going to see a smile on my face because I'm so happy doing what I'm doing with people I love all over the country and frankly, in other countries, you know, that's, it's, it's such a blessing to be able to do it. And, uh, although I would rather be home and with my family and, and, uh, spending time with them. You know, I'm working really hard on trying to find that balance because being out on the road and hitting stores around the country and doing festivals in Dominican and festivals in Florida and being able to meet, you know, Saturday, 2,500 people, Friday, a thousand people, Thursday, a thousand different people. Yeah. You know, it's, there's just nothing like it. I wanted to be a musician because I wanted to go on tour and travel and perform and share my work. I'm doing exactly the same thing. I'm just sharing different work, but it comes from the same place. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, what is it? They, um, oh, I just lost it. Damn it. Oh, if I was to describe you in your story, right? <laughs> Remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? Like no, like like just the title, right? Not like a not a synopsis, just just the title. You remember, the legend of Ron Burgundy. You would be. It's just. It's the legend, of Michael Herklotz. and that story in itself. Even if it ended now, before the story's over. I mean, that's still a hell of a fucking story. God um, forbid, bro. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't end now, and I'm drinking warm milk in a in a in a phone booth. You can't. <laughs> You're wow, crying about your lost dog. Sumo was a bad choice. No, man, we're making good choices. <laughs> wow. We're making good oh, choices. This awesome. cigar is horrible, but we made too many. <laughs> Don't act like you're not impressed. What is it? 60% of the time, 60% of the time, it tastes good 100% of the time? That doesn't make any sense. Very Otego. Boy, that escalated quickly. Ah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, San Diego, which in German means a whale's vagina. Whale's vagina. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Hmm. Do you play the jazz flute? Man, that's that is actually my favorite scene in the whole movie. Right. You know, I could totally see Michael rocking the jazz flute. Too. I can. I can. That's why I'm like, I could see him doing it. Well, I, I feel like he secretly fun. does, but he won't let anybody know. I don't. Uh -huh. I play drums, but I have played drums with Yaz flute, and it's great. Mm. Yeah. You know, one of these shows, we should just have you on doing like an intimate jazz set, but then like in between songs, we stop and we we talk about you know all this 
stuff that we've talked about here tonight and then you're like i'm gonna go into the next one you just play like you know we'll get someone else maybe to play with you i can assure you that will be the least viewed live (laughs) show of any show you've you know you know wait a minute you know what would be cool is a is a michael herklatz and nick perdomo drum battle Wow. that might be the most viewed show that That actually that that would be epic that actually Rocky is a good drums. idea. Rocky plays drums too? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Ernesto Perez Carrillo plays drums. Does everybody play drums? Jesus. Who else plays drums? Anyone who has any talent. Hmm. A lot of drummers. A lot of musicians. In the business. Which is not surprising. And by the way, the same in the wine business. Some of my best friends in the wine world are musicians and actors. And that's because... When you're, when you're in pursuit of that thing, art, music, acting, it's so full throttle, but you have to find something to help um, support that endeavor. And so many times artists find new callings in pursuit of plan A, they don't fall back to plan B, they discover a new plan A. And I don't, I don't consider that failure. I consider that progress and development as an artist. And I can't tell you how many friends of mine, one of my best friends in the wine business was a playwright. Uh, Another guy, and his name is Tommy Gannon. He was an incredible playwright, and he's a monster in the wine world now. Another buddy of mine's a winemaker, Chris Carpenter. He makes some of the most impressive Napa Cabernets, Cardinal, La Coya, La Hoda. He's a musician, like a real, a real musician, but he's one of the greatest winemakers in Napa Valley, respected up and down, and we've talked about it. It's an interesting dynamic when you discover something you love as much that feeds the same place in your soul and allows you to speak as an artist using a different medium. Mm -hmm. And for wine, that's Chris's world. For cigars, that's my world. But it feels exactly the same to me. Exactly the same. What a great parallel. Like I see you smoking. You're, you're You're both enjoying my work. You're both listening mm-hmm. to my songs. That's a, that's an artist's dream come true. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 past the band now on this cigar, and it, it's still. I mean, man, it's great. I mean, getting towards that final third, and it doesn't have that um. It doesn't have that rich, that richness or that heaviness that you normally get in a final third. It's still like. It should have the body. It just doesn't have the bite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it is. It, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, this is, I mean, granted, yeah, this has got some age on it, but this is one of the best cigars I've ever smoked. I mean, really, this, this now is I got to dig. Awesome. I know I've got a couple of those around here. I just got to find them. <laughs> I've held you on to this. You really have to us. organize your collections here. You guys are losing more cigars than you're smoking. I know. That's the problem when you have too well, many. It's, 
Yeah, it's bad. I dig through my collection. It's like, wow, I don't remember buying those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, I I I knew I had the I knew I had this one, and I might have one more. I still hope I have the other one. Um, but yeah, man, I I smoked it, and I I I, I I'm so glad I did. It's so good. This is delicious. I've been holding on to this cigar forever. And I don't know. It was again. It, yeah, it was like one of those cigars it. where I'm like, when am I gonna smoke it? When am I gonna smoke it? And then tonight I said, fuck it, I'm doing it right now. I'm so glad you did. It's Me really, too. you know, it's it's an important part of the process. And I'll tell you, my favorite time to smoke my trophies is first thing on a random day. In my old days, when I used to commute to New York City, that's when I would pull out a trophy. Because really? I had a, an hour and 20 minutes stuck in traffic that I just wanted to put my fist through the windshield <laughs> because 26 <laughs> miles should not take an hour and 40 minutes. But an hour and 40 minutes to enjoy something that I've waited nine years to light up uninterrupted. Man, it's what better way to start your day than, than with a trophy like that? Well, and, if everybody would do that, we'd have no road rage. <laughs> and the other thing too is you, you know you, you have the undivided attention. You get no other distractions. You get nobody with you. You get, you know, you're not in the lounge. You're not, you know, at work. Or, no, you're just you're in the car by yourself, uninterrupted, no distractions, and you can actually just focus on it too. And that's the other thing is, when you have a good cigar, you want to smoke that cigar and you want to focus on it. You want to really taste it. You want to feel it. You mm -hmm. want to smell it. You want to get all of it. You don't want to just light it like 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 it's a secondary. Like it, we've all done it, right? We we've all been doing things. We light a cigar and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, and you're you're enjoying it, but like you know, you're not really paying attention. But it's, it's like, also it's the same with wine too, man. Yeah. Like I, I'll never. Two years ago, we were at our neighbor's house, and our kids were in the pool, and we were hanging out. And it was getting late, and everyone was getting hungry, and so my buddy said, "I'm gonna throw. I got burgers and dogs. I'll just throw them on the grill." I said, "Great." I'll get wine. And he's a big wine guy. And I came home and I got a bottle of Schrader Cabernet, which is a, it is the trophy of trophies of Napa Cab. They have more hundred points by Spectator and Parker than any Napa Cab in history. Yeah. And so I grabbed the bottle and brought it over. My buddy, and my buddy was like, what are you doing? We're literally eating like frozen Costco hamburgers and hot dogs and i thought well there's four of us we're each going to have like a little more than a glass love it and then we'll go back to drinking beer but like why not if there's four of us and we can love this bottle right now why wouldn't we do it and we did we, we decanted a a monster monster bottle 100 point schrader cabernet in his backyard in plastic cups with burgers that reminds me of a very similar situation i had with carney we were it was one time he came over the house for a few days and he showed up and we were grilling we were grilling like steaks and some other shit but he showed up and he had like austin hope and he had some right. bv vineyard and he had I some he, he had some he, he had some he had some stag's leap wine cellars from the cask 23 club and i'm like right. what are you doing and then we went to total wine and for anyone who knows the story about the the Titus cab that we bought, we went to the. Which, you know, by the way, if you do enjoy Ferriotego, they are available at Total Wine as well. If you can't find them at Two Guys Smoke Shop, that's very true. Um, but anyone who knows Total Wine, 
you know how they have like the, the glass vault at the front with all the really nice wine? And Carney mm -hmm. was just over there just doing the, hmm, what am I going <laughs> to buy? And I'm like, are we getting something out of here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he ha the guy comes over and he's like, do you need assistance, sir? And he's like, yeah. I'm thinking about the two liter of Dunn. And he's like, oh, excellent choice. And the guy goes to get the key and he opens the door and he goes, wait. I'm going to do the three liter of Titus. And he looked at me and he was like, yeah, we're going three liters. And I was like, <laughs> who's drinking that? <laughs> like, like, we're grilling steaks on the grill. Oh, oh, we'll finish it. Don't worry. And we, we, we did. We finished it um, at Oof. three in the morning. We, we opened that bottle at like 645, almost seven o'clock. Like three in the morning, me and Carney poured out the last two glasses. And we, we finished that bottle. <laughs> That's we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Yeah. I saw yeah. something I saw something this morning when I woke up funny enough. And uh it was on Instagram and and he said um if you offered someone 10 million dollars what would they say? If I offered you 10 million dollars, Matthew, what would you say? Cheers. Well, well, first of all, I'd be like, "Why? What's this for?" 10 million no yes questions no? asked. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't say, yeah? Yes. But you can't wake up tomorrow. You're done. Yeah, I'd probably say no. Right. And that's what every morning is. Every morning is worth more than $10 million. So why wouldn't you crack open the bottle, cut and light the cigar, if every morning is worth more than ten million, you gotta smoke the trophies. You have to open the dusties. Make the best meal you can make. We're not guaranteed every day. So if you wake up, you gotta make the best of it. You know, you can't complain about all the little shit and save this for another day. We're not guaranteed another day. Damn, that is a great way to look at life. It mm -hmm. should be the only way people look at life. I agree. I agree. Um, I, you know, and the older I get, the the more and more I kind of identify with that. And especially um, as a parent, bro. I know. I know. Well, that hits home. That hits home for me big time too, as a cancer survivor. So. Yeah. That. Um. Yeah, and you too. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, especially as a parent, I, you, you more, you learn more of that every day. You're like, you know what? It starts to change you. And, uh, I've definitely started to, to feel that for, for sure. Um, but Hey guys, listen, we are getting towards the end of the show here. I, I do got to wrap this up soon. So I just want to say, first of all, thank you to everyone who's here tonight to, you know, on the show, uh, Michael, thank you obviously for your time. You know, I, like I said, I know you had a busy week, but thank you for still being here tonight. This was awesome. A lot of fun. Kevin, it's always good to see you. Um, and for everyone who's at home who's watching and listening along, yeah, thank you for for watching and supporting us. We appreciate it. We couldn't do what we do without you. And, Can I ask um, a favor? Absolutely. Anything if you If you're need. still on. I'm still on. No, I know you're on. Oh. But for the people who are watching <laughs> or for anyone who watches this after, if you're at this moment, take a picture of your screen with whatever you're smoking and post it. 
and make sure you tag everybody on your screen, tag what you're smoking, tag where you are, and amplify the stuff that you love. Because smoking tobacco needs more support, Ferio Tego needs more support, and the wider you cast that net, the more support we get. So if you love the show, and if you love what you're smoking, you love what you're drinking, take a picture of your bottle, take a picture of your cigar, take a picture of your screen, and just tag it on your stories and put it out there and let people know how much you love it. Because if you let people know how much you love it, you give them permission to love it too. And we all need that. Oh, thank you so much, Michael. That is awesome. Yes, Michael, thank you very much for that. That's uh, that's a great idea and uh, very kind of you to say. Thank you very much. Um, it's a nice little tidbit. And you know what? I'm not even going to say anything else. I'm going to end the show with that. So, Wait a minute. i got to take a picture. Hold on. Oh, okay. All right. Let Wait, Mike, Mike right take there. his picture. Well, while you do that, don't well, forget to head I gotta over. Do this, i got to do the same thing. <laughs> don't forget to head over to smokeitobacco.com for more news, reviews, and updates from the cigar industry. You can check out all of our past episodes under our podcast tab for both this show and the Spare Note show. Um, you can check out all the other times that Michael's been on the show and has you know, graced us with his intelligence and his wonderful presence that we always appreciate he shares and there may us. be a trivia show coming up soon i know that is something that we should uh we should look into so you, you might you might be seeing that too and we'll and we'll we'll do it nice we'll do it real nice um but uh i think that's going to be our show for for this week and uh it was a lot of fun so thank you again once again to everybody thank you i, I appreciate it and cheers uh, thank you everybody for watching and uh my glass is empty now but cheers and uh we'll see you next week take care everybody Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.